Hello and welcome to another session in the Inner Sanctum online sessions. Oh, let me, music playing in the background. Let me just change that music. Great to be with you all again. And today we've got Penny Kelly back in the house. Yay! Welcome, Penny. It's good to be here. <laughs> I'm really glad. Um, it's been such a long time. I don't know if we can squeeze it all in, but we're going to do our best. So, yeah, exactly. We're, um, we've already been having a chat and um, Daphne had said yeah. to me, you know, what do you want to talk about this time round? Because I've had Penny on the show, I don't know, three or four times. And we've yeah. discussed the robes, the book, the robes a lot. I know that you've written many books. I'll read your bio in a minute for people that don't know you. But um, okay. I was watching some of your latest shows, some of your latest look-sees and stuff like that lately. And it seems pertinent to talk about what the robes have been talking about again because of what we've yeah. been through in the last couple of years because, uh, you know, right. what they said, what is it, 40 years ago when they first came to you is yep. is coming true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, it, it bothers me a little bit when I go back and look at the book and think, oh, yeah, they said that too. And then I'll pick it up a week or two weeks later. Oh, yeah, they said that too. It's all unfolding. It's yeah. really, I don't know if it's heartening or disheartening to see so many things they warned about. Uh, because the good things are not quite here yet, but they're coming. Well, so. the good things aren't nearly here yet. Um, <laughs> and I think that for everybody listening to this, for everyone on the planet right now, we are the midwives for birthing that new right. reality and we might never live to see it you know like we might never need to see that reality grow up into adulthood but we are definitely birthing that you know because we've all got a really big role to play in this everyone especially people that are tuned into this even mm -hmm. people that have never heard of penny kelly before um this conversation has been talked about with almost everybody i talk to on the shows uh we'll get into it but let me let me just read a little bit about you for people that don't know you I've called this memories yeah. from the future I saw that uh on something recently and I thought yeah that's what we're <laughs> going to talk about memories from the future so Penny yeah, Kelly yeah. is an enlightenment <laughs> teacher writer consciousness teacher contactee author publisher researcher consultant naturopathic physician and director of Lily Hill Farm a gifted yeah. teacher Penny facilitates courses in developing intuition Gifts, the gifts of consciousness, getting well again naturally, and organic gardening. She maintains a worldwide counseling and coaching practice and travels well. I don't suppose you've been traveling widely over the last couple of years. <laughs> Not very much. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is this bio is like over two years old before they locked <laughs> us all in. <laughs> right. <laughs> you've been traveling throughout the internet widely, speaking and That's teaching. True. Actually, your work has really expanded exponentially with the help of Daphne. Um, yeah. exponentially over the last couple of years online. Sorry, the cat's just jumping all over me as usual. So you were an engineer for the Chrysler Corporation in Detroit in the 70s, and you left that in 1979 to study the brain, consciousness, intelligence, intuition, perception, and cognition, which led to your work in schools and corporations as an educational consultant specializing in accelerated brain-compatible learning techniques. And right. uh, what was Lefty? Who was it that you were working with in the lab? Lefty, what was his name? Levengood? Yeah, Dr. Levengood. Dr. Levengood. Levengood. 
Yeah. And he was, what sort of scientist was he? Because you and he worked together for what, 20 years? You and he? Uh, 15. 15 years. Um, he was a biophysicist. Biophysicist. And he was amazing. He's, he was amazing. I, he was the first scientist, real scientist, to say to the crop circle people, hey, why don't you send me some samples? Let me see if I can see anything. You know, why would all those plants lay down? And, um, and he ended up uncovering the truth about, about crop circles, which was pretty amazing. Very amazing, in fact. So. Well, uh, well, interestingly enough, I just watched you and Patty Greer with, um, oh, yeah. on Rumble. That show, like, uh, what was the guy? Michael Jaco. Michael Jaco, yeah, talking about yeah. the crop circles. And um, right. so Patty came out and said it's the earth making them and then other people said it's the ETs making them and then there was this, like, argument about who's making them. So I said to the guides, so who's right? And they laughed. <laughs> and they said <laughs> they thought that was hilarious that we were arguing about who was making them. They said, yeah. well, if you're going to tattoo somebody, don't you get their permission <laughs> to do it? Isn't there like a, a relationship between you and the person you're tattooing? So, of course, there's a relationship between the ETs and the earth if they're going to, you know, like it's a relationship. So it's both of them making them. Anyway, that was what I got. What about? Some of them are, are really the result of our own consciousness. Mm -hmm. Most of them are just random mathematical um, beautifully mathematical. People do not realize how beautiful math is mm -hmm. and the designs that it creates naturally. You see it in mother nature all around you, but uh, people don't, they're not, we're not very close to nature right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but most of it is just patterns coming out of the earth and interacting with the atmosphere, plasma vortices, everything's made of plasma. So the patterns form. Uh, interesting, which is, yeah, which is the what Patty was talking about. And yeah. uh, that was a lovely show with you and Patty and uh, Michael, oh, actually. You. Yeah, that, did you do that recently? Um, yeah, I'm going to say within the last six yeah. weeks, eight weeks maybe. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And uh, to finish your bio, you've written a, a slew of books, The Evolving Human, The Elf of Lily Hill Farm, Robes, oh. a book of coming changes, which is my favorite. Getting well naturally, uh, again naturally from the soil to the stomach. Consciousness and energy, volume one, two, three, four, and then you came out with five, which was the Trump, the Sting, catastrophe, cycles, and consciousness. Have you written another one since then? Well, no, not in the consciousness and energy series. I switched to planet kind of issues, so I have planet Earth. And then just last night or this morning at 3 a.m., I uploaded The Revival, Path to a New Earth, New Human. So wow. on its way through the, through the printing processes. So it will be available soon. And it's, uh, it's a different kind of book from what I usually write. But I felt like actually there's a whole story behind that. <laughs> there's a. How well, it came to be written. Well, let's hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear about the new book because it'll lead into the, you know, what we are going to discuss today. Okay. Tell us the story behind it. Uh, in 2020, I think it was in July uh, 2020, I, I don't 
talk too much about my own contact experiences, but um, I'll just say that I'm here as part of a team and we are working to help the people of planet Earth make the shift in consciousness. And so my job is teach the world about the mind and consciousness. So um, in July of, of 2020, I started having this weekly meeting. Uh, I would go to bed at night, go to sleep and find myself in the middle of the night at some meeting talking about some aspect of life on planet earth and and there were different um different aspects each week we covered a different aspect and after 12 weeks i think there was one more meeting and they said okay now don't forget everything that we've covered here we have 12 sectors um we want you to present this to the population along with all of this perspective and blah 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 and so it that last meeting was just as clear as a bell i was just i thought what have we been doing <laughs> so i thought that the conversations which were kind of dreamlike were just conversations. So one was about governance and one was about science and another one was about the arts and medicine, education, uh, humanity and society. So th there were 12 sectors. Um, and at that point I thought, oh, there's a plan here. So that then I, I thought, okay, let me put together a PowerPoint. And I presented that last year in Berkeley Springs at a um, transition talk put on by the Arlington Institute. And, um, there was quite a bit of feedback from that, people saying, are you, are you gonna write some more? Can we get a copy of that? And, and so I ended up writing a book, which I just finished, just, just uploaded this morning at 3 a.m. <clears throat> and, and so it covers those 12 sectors. And, um, and then last night actually one, <laughs> when I got all done and I was like, oh my God, it's done. <laughs> Finally, um, I, I just happened to be looking at the lights around my own hand because um, my shoulder and my arm was really sore from when you do the final proofreading, it's pretty intense. It's you're reading every single word in the book, two words at a time without stopping until you read the entire 290 pages. and um, I was, you know, really stiff from that. And while I was looking at my hand, all of a sudden I could see um, like the entire planet in my hand and all of these energies were moving. And I thought it was such a shock that I thought, oh, wow, I, I think this might, you know, this might affect the earth. I might have done something to actually um, wake up a few more people or encourage a few more people. A lot of people are awake, but they don't know how to get where they want to go. And so it tried to um, bring up a lot of questions. The book is half questions. So yeah, so that's the story. And the feeling was one of, okay, I did, um, I did present what everything that we covered in those meetings. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully yeah. it'll be helpful. Well, you say that you don't talk about your galactic um, 
your galactic i'm just adding that uh much but except with me because i'm always quizzing you about yeah (laughs) yeah definitely pushes a little too definitely pushes a lot (laughs) you know i'm getting more comfortable with Mm -hmm. that yeah, yeah, I see. I see Don smiling there. He understands exactly what you're talking about, that you, Don. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was <laughs> chatting, do, do you want to? Have you got a question for Penny? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> uh, when I had Don on the show last week, uh, he was saying he did these little things, and I said, if these were the little things, what are the big things? And he's like, Oh God, how do I say this without sounding sort of like, too, yeah, yeah, just like what you're like talking about out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 My instructions for a long time were stay under the radar, stay under the radar. You know, if you speak up too soon, they'll take you out in a hot second. And and then finally, you know, I stayed under the radar for a very long time, um, very on purpose. And then in it was October 2018, all of a sudden. One of my people showed up in my bedroom and said, go, 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 go. And at that point, it was like, oh, okay. And and I had started to get a lot of invitations and was trying to back out of those and realize, oh, that was, I, I shouldn't be backing out. So things kind of took off at that point. And, and my kids have, uh, whoops, sorry, have adjusted. Pretty much, um, although one of my kids said to me, I liked it a lot better, mom, when you were just our mom and not the mother for the whole world. And I just chuckled. I said, well, you have to share. You need to learn to share. You know, my kids are all in their 50s. So they've had plenty of TLC and attention and what have you. Yes, they have. They've had plenty of Penny Kelly mom. Yeah. yeah. God, they're in their 50s. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What, so are you yeah. a great grandma? Have you got great? Have you got? Are you a great grandma? Yeah, I am. I'm. I'm almost seventy-five. So. Well, that's that's young to be a grandma. I think that's young. Anyway, my parents. Well, I started early. Yeah, you started early. <laughs> Very yeah, yeah. early, and then my kids started early, and so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. mom started late, and I started late. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, this is one of the questions I wanted to pose because a lot of the people that are attracted to the work that I'm putting out, probably the work that you're putting out, are yeah. older, 50, 60, 70. Some of them not. So yeah. I know some of you online are like 30s, 40s. I actually hang out with a lot of um, in the conscious community yeah. here in Sydney, a lot of young people. They're dancing, they're singing, they're meditating, they're doing ayahuasca, they're doing the Wim Hof, you know, ice thing that like they're all into oh, it. Um, yep. <laughs> but the people Very good. I'm attracting, you know, in this work and this discussion are older. And we were just talking about before we came um, started uh, live streaming that the robes had said to you that your work would be when you're older. Yeah. And I was told that too, that I would be older. And I thought older meant 40. And then I thought maybe 50. And now I'm, you know, it's 60s. It's like, what is older? But with what can we do um, as part of the shift into the new reality, you know, as an older generation, what is our role for people that don't see themselves as you or I, you know, like as teachers out there on YouTube and doing courses and stuff? What do you think the role of the older generation is to help us shift into well, a new? If I had to answer that in a nutshell, 
I would say it's getting some of the infrastructure in place. So um, I work with a lot of people that are working on big, big projects, big projects. These are um, people who have had a lot of money. They, and, and here's, I think this is worth mentioning. Um, there are wonderful, wonderful people out there in the world who are extremely wealthy billionaires. And they are looking for people who are honorable, people who have ideas, people who can make things work, people who know how to get things done. And, and so I just, you know, I, I have to say that the division between the billionaires who aren't very nice who are really trying to get rid of us and the billionaires who are saying, where, where are the people that I can give some money to or that I can fund or that I can help or get started or whatever. There's been this um, long period of not wanting to put money into anything because big money being transferred was stolen by the big banks, to put it bluntly. And so nobody was wanting to transfer big sums, million dollar sums, because it disappeared in transit. And that was really discouraging and really aggravating. So now, um, so, you know, for 10, maybe 15 years, I've been saying to people, come on, you know, we have to build things now. We can't wait until stuff falls apart or we won't be able to get supplies. People will be too distracted will lose people and their expertise. Um, so it's so finally, now there are people setting up infrastructures that I think are really helpful. One of the things that I really, really like is the seeds infrastructure. They are setting up um, cryptocurrencies for the new communities and they're networking all around the planet. Um, I'm working with a group um, called the World Council of Ethics. This is something the robes asked me to start. And I was like, I don't have any idea how to do something like that. But here I am, you know, here I am. So a um, little story behind that even in 2020, I think it was in December of 2020, um, I was waked up at three in the morning. Wake up, write this down. I had a whole bunch of stuff I was going to be doing the next day. I did not want to wake up. So I go away. I'm trying to sleep and was no, wake up, write this down. So I wrote down, they dictated, I wrote. And then and got to the end, they said, okay, send it to these people. And so I wrote down the names real quick. Some of them I knew, some of them I didn't. Um, but I read the letter the next day and thought, oh, wow, this, this is an invitation to the World Council of Ethics. And then in the instructions were, send this out, invite these people and have your first meeting by February 14th, 2021. And I was a little shy about <laughs> sending the letter out, but I sent it and people said yes. And so we met, the first year was kind of a, almost a waste of time because we we only met every two months. And, um, and the questions that we were asking 
ourselves were big questions. Um, what does it mean to be human? And then um, now we're working on what are ethics? What is an ethical world? How does an ethical world look, sound, operate, etc.? And um, so we're setting up a system of review that, according to the robes, will become the future system of justice. Um, and it's a system that operates completely differently from what we have now. Um, and so uh, there's, you know, there's another woman that has been working uh, for many years, uh, bringing networks of, of people together. There's people like yourself that are teaching, bringing people together, getting them to talk, realizing I'm not the only one out here thinking like this, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I think that the, I can see it now, I couldn't see it 10 years ago, but I can see the basic outlines, the basic, just those early threads of the new earth, new human. I've been visiting the new earth for quite a while now. Um, have written some of that down. It's kind of, it's really kind of interesting, surprising. Um, and, and I think um, I spent the last year just focusing for my own personal self, what is the difference between the third dimensional system, a fourth dimensional system and a fifth dimensional system? Because um, I hear people talk about, oh, I'm just going to five, 5D. And I think, what is that? You know, do you know what you're talking about? And so in my typical stubborn, you know, Irish way, I just thought, okay, let me go visiting. So I started visiting groups and just trying to observe what is different about these people. Why are they so much more advanced than we are? And so I came up with some criteria and that has been really helpful for me to understand the basic differences between 3D, 4D, and 5D, uh, we are not, there might be a one or two, maybe three people here on the planet that could move right to 5D, but most of the rest are gonna have to evolve into a fourth dimensional consciousness before they can even think about 5D. So, um, so we, we're moving along, I see now, um, I was really kind of hopeless, even just a few weeks ago. Um, and now I'm thinking, I see it. I see now that things are beginning to come together. Groups are starting, they're working. Nobody's paying them. Nobody's saying, do this. Uh, they're putting their information out there. They're starting to connect with others. Um, another gal is working with families doing amazing work with families, Family Restoration Center. Um, so, you know, the pieces are coming together. Daphne and I are just about to launch um, our platform. It's uh, called COCO. It stands for Community of Consciousness Online. And it's a school where people can come and learn. And, you know, and, they, and it's got the social aspect as well. So they can chat and send messages and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm really pretty excited about what I see unfolding. Um, and I, I see all of the bad 
what will I call it? The stuff that nobody likes. I see that all happening. And lately, how would I describe that? Lately, it looks like I'm looking through a something that's almost transparent and has no meat on the bones of it. That whole structure it has no meat. It's about to collapse to a skeleton. <laughs> and and I don't know how that's going to happen, but I see it coming. Um, and I think, okay, you know, you earned it, you people. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, find people to help, you know, don't, don't focus on so much on how it's going to make you money because that's where, yeah. you know, I was rereading some of the robes this morning yeah. and uh, yeah, like that, that whole, how am I going to get rich out of this? How am I going to be successful? How am I going to make money out of this is the thought that often just brings people down. That's right. But it limits. You, it limits you. And if you put an intention out, like how can I make a difference? How can I help? How can I contribute? How can I focus on what I want instead of focusing on what I don't like? Then that energy just takes you places and right. money comes. If you need money, money will be there for you. Yeah. You know, like if you find yourself stuck, somebody will say, here, let me give you some money. It's like it's magic how it all happens. If it we is. stop focusing on how to make money. <laughs> yeah it really is and uh yeah and and focus more on how can I help how can I serve so what I've seen in the last couple of years Penny is I've seen these amazing spiritual beautiful people get all up in their business about you know what's going on because the distortion is being revealed and then then everyone's screaming about it and everyone's like literally screaming about it and that doesn't help I mean, okay, you know, like it's shocking. It can be shocking. What, really? And I get upset and I'm like, oh, really? This is so ridiculous. How ridiculous. You know, (laughs) I get all up in my head about it, but that doesn't help. Um, And focusing on what is possible does help. Like, Right. Yeah. I think that's really true. Um, I think one of the things that is happening that I think, think will take us another step into that new earth, new human, is um, I've been talking for a year with a, a guy who is connected to a whole bunch of, of investors that are looking to build, uh, I'm not sure what to call it, communities, the communities of the future, literally buy the land, build the houses, um, put people in them. And that that concept of how do we build these self-sufficient, self-supporting, self-regenerating communities and homes that people of like mind who want to live in a self-sufficient, peaceful kind of way, how do we do that? Where do we do that? And so they're, they're not quite ready to make that investment yet, but I think that's coming. And that, and you know, it's it's close. It's very close. And once we start building those homes, communities of the future that are designed with um, some really important things in mind, food, um, healing, materials, 
uh, spatial arrangements, uh, all kinds of things like that. Um, I, don't, I just think that some of the older houses are going to lose their magic. Uh, some of the older communities will lose their people and the cities. I don't know what I can say about the cities. Um, but most of those cities, when you go ahead, when you go quite a ways ahead into the future, what you see is that there are no cities. You can see the remains of the cities that we have now, but that's not the way people live in the future. And I think that that's something that we need to ask ourselves is, can we live and bring a new consciousness into old material uh, in an old setting that has so many energies, frequencies in it that are destructive and competing and that just don't work together anymore. So that's a, that's a big question. That is a big issue so that for we're going to have to deal with haven't read the book the robes or, or robes the book of coming changes yeah. a book of coming changes get it right Karen. Yeah. maybe we should outline it's a couple of questions here they're great questions but i'd, I'd like to just outline what the book contains because um basically Good. it was a predictive book you know yeah know. Just, yeah go ahead <laughs> uh, no go you go ahead. What, what just to outline what the book can what what the messages in the book are okay Oh my gosh, where to begin? Okay, so the the base, and, and this is being said now from the perspective of 40 years later, because this was unfolding in uh, 1980, 81. Um, and, and that, I've gotten a little more perspective since then. I was not very ready for the robes to be coming and visiting and <laughs> telling me all the things that they were showing me. Um, but now that I look back, the first message that they had, the fir very first thing they showed me was the planet rolling a little bit. It reminded me of a fishing bobber. You know, when you go fishing, you have this little red and white bobber that, that you know, jumps up and down when the fish hooks onto it. And you know, you've got a fish on the line. Well, the planet was doing that and water was sloshing everywhere. It was a mess. And, uh, and there was a tremendous amount of destruction, most of the destruction caused by the electrical grid, the nuclear power plants, and the high dams that we had constructed. And then their question was, uh, their, their statement was, the earth is capable of rolling over to heal herself, and she will do that if she needs to. If you are living in such a way that you make it necessary for her to roll over, and then you've built all these systems that take you out, you know, can you think of some other way to live? Is, is this the only way to generate electricity? What other kinds of power are out there? And at the time, I just was at a loss. So that was the first message. Um, live lightly on the earth. Then they got into the whole governmental thing and they said, you've outgrown your government. And that, that there were a couple of visits actually around governance and uh, corruption. And they said, the 
that your government will be taken over by business. It will not be a happy, um, happy relationship. And uh, it will end up in World War III. However, World War III will not look like all of the other wars. It will not be characterized by big bombs and um, you know, fighting in trenches and all kinds of military equipment. Um, and, and they left out certain strategic pieces that I have now filled in. They said, everybody will be fighting with everybody about everything. And here we are. And I think one of the things they said that I kind of poo-pooed at the time was that um, the downfall of government would come because of health and that they would try to mandate that you couldn't get into a place, a restaurant, a theater, a public place, unless you could prove you were healthy. And at the time I thought, there is no way, there is no way we would put up with that. And so I, I realized now when I put those two things together that the world war was around health. It was started by all of the health issues. So, you know, we're, we're in World War III right now. Um, you know, it is based in health and biowarfare, hands down, period. Um, another thing that they said was that we are ruining our children, sending them to the schools that we're sending them to. We went through a whole bunch of stuff um, around life, children, raising children, sex, um, relationships, uh, abortion. All, that was one of the issues in, in the war was abortion. Um, and here we are, they overturned Roe v. Wade lately in the U.S. Um, and so th there were other things that they pointed out um, that the financial system was uh, pointless, that we would have to get past that. Um, and so part of the book was this whole entry into what we were going to face in the first 25 years of the new millennium. And then the second part of the book was and here's what you are going to end up creating. Most likely, if you take the responsibility that we're trying to teach you, which is that you create your future, which at the time I was like, don't tell me that. Um, I was still in the victim mode or victim consciousness. Stuff happened to us. We didn't have anything to do with what happened. Well, that has long gone out the window. Um, and I am now in this place where I'm looking at all of the things that we could create, things that we could do. I saw some amazing demonstrations of what we will learn to do with energy, with frequencies, with our technology, amazing technology. Some people are, they don't like technology. I'm just going to suggest that the technology is great. It's the people running the technology that we don't like. They aren't trustworthy. They aren't good. And they do not have our best interests at heart. So um, the, the book, the overall message was, here's what you're going to face. Everything that you thought your world was made of is going to go away. Everything that used to work is going to stop. Um, and, and here's what you're going to be faced with having to create. 
If you don't have a vision of what you could create, you won't be able to make it through um, the difficult times. The difficult times pretty much come to an end around 2030, somewhere in there, uh, maybe 2028. Uh, there's some problems we have to face yet. And, um, and they, they said most of the quote nations will go away, will disappear. People will go after their national governments and their, their people <laughs> will have no part of that. They will reorganize into local communities. Um, and that's the gist, the, just a quick overview. The book is packed because they're, when they came around and said, can we show you some pictures? Um, that the information in those pictures was, it was like being force fed through a fire hose. Just yeah. a huge, huge amount of information about every aspect of life. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I heard you say, or somebody say on a show recently, you know, you've got to read the book at least seven times. I, I agree. At least, yeah. <laughs> at least 10 times. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no point just reading this stuff once. You've got to read it again and again and again because uh, it's so, yeah. you know, you, you just can't digest all that's in it. And I just like when you received it 40 years ago, I think yeah. you received it, the little men in brown robes turned up in your kitchen that can we show yeah. you some stuff? And you go, do you have to? And yeah, okay. And then you received it. And then ah. 20, 20 <laughs> years later, they said, now we want you to write it down. Yeah. 20 years later yeah. they, they let you digest it for 20 years like live for 20 years and then and I then, know yeah so that's the I thing know. about yeah but we're right in the thick of it as you say we're right like yeah it are. seemed it seemed impossible I suspect when you first oh uh, and but not let me get impossible but ridiculous ridiculous yes why right. would we do that how could right. that happen yeah Right. I remember someone, a friend of mine who's, I think it was Courtney, somebody saying that they, um, you know, before COVID, they had visions of seeing the planes grounded. Like, why are all the planes ground? They couldn't understand why that was happening. Yeah. I mean, but wow. uh, okay. Julia has a, a question here. Do you want to come? Where okay. are you, Julia? There, there you are. Do you want to come on camera, hun? And unmute yourself. Hi there. Uh, you want to come on camera, spotlight you, add the spotlight? Well, I've just done it. Oh, do you want to ask? You're on. Oh. Uh, your question for Penny is the new earth that you refer to similar to the same one humanity shift describing in Eckhart Tolle's book. Yeah. Say, say it again. Is the new earth what? Well, has a book called the new earth. I, in fact, I just finished it. And um, it sounds, uh, it, in, in your discussion you just had, it sort of sounds as though you're, and you mentioned you'd been there. It sounds as though you're talking about the same place. <laughs> and who's who wrote this book? What's the name of it? Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know about his version of the New Earth, but I do know about mine. <laughs> so oh, um, I just, yeah, I think. I just figured that they were probably, it sounds as though they're very similar because okay. of the consciousness that you have to experience in order to. Yeah. I would imagine that that's true. Yeah. I actually wrote, I have made a number of journeys to that new earth. Um, there's a little bit of a story behind that. Um, when I first went to the new earth, 
was way back in when Kundalini first occurred back in 79. Um, there was a period of three years where I did not sleep. And so I would, you know, put myself to bed hoping to sleep. And after a couple hours, I would just slide out of the body, go up and sit on the roof and sit there all night and just watch what was happening, you know, around me. I learned a lot about what goes on in the night. Um, but one night I'm sitting up there and we were just down the road from Selfridge Air Force Base. And uh, this was in Mount Clements, Michigan. And I'm, you know, sitting there on the roof and I see these three lights um, off to the, like the Southwest coming toward me. And I thought, oh, it's, a, it's one of the planes coming into land at the Air Force Base. Um, we were only half a mile away, and and so I, you know, sat there a little bit longer, and then I see these lights, they look a little closer, and then I see them again, and I think, I don't hear anything. And after a few minutes, I thought, okay, what is that? And I'm looking at that, and it was these, it ended up, long story short, it was three beings of light, amazing, luminous beings of light. Wow. And they came right over my head. And one of them reached down there, two of them actually reached down their hands and said, come with us. And I didn't have anything else to do. So I, you know, reached up, took hold of their hands, thought I had been electrocuted, but hung on. And away we went. And if you've ever seen those Star Wars movies where they go to warp speed and the lights are streaking by, that's exactly what it was like. And I felt like I was dropping, uh, I, like one of those Russian dolls. I was dropping all these bodies behind me. And, and then after a few minutes, it seemed like forever, but it was not really very long, I don't think. I see this planet in the distance and I'm looking at that planet. We're getting closer and closer. And I'm thinking that looks like the earth. And we end up going to this planet, landing on the surface of the planet, and every single thing on the planet was alive, it was conscious, it was greeting me like I was an old friend, I was greeting it, even the pebbles that I was landing on, because it looked like pea gravel that we landed on right next to these beautiful, tall uh, evergreen trees, big, tall pines. Um, and so my first visit, we went on a tour and I got to see all kinds of things, buildings, people, um, fields, farms, etc. Absolutely beautiful, incredibly clean, extraordinarily well organized. Nobody was sick. Nobody was tired. Nobody was overweight. Nobody was old. Everybody was healthy and telepathic. It was an astounding experience. Um, I ended up, they came and got me two more times on different nights. And, um, and the, the last night they said, um, you know, you can stay. And I said, I just couldn't. I, I said, I have children. I can't. I, I don't want, I need to be there for my children. And so um, they just smiled and said, you'll be back. And I left. And sure enough, you know, 40 years later, maybe 
pretty close to 38 years later, I thought, I wonder if I can find that again. I had found it one time accidentally and thought, oh, this is this is that place. I didn't even have a name for it. Um, but I then um, decided to try to find it on purpose, and I did. And so I've been back there. I actually wrote about, I think, three of the journeys, three of my visits back there and what those were like in my book, The Planet Earth. I got a small book I put out last year. Um, and it's, um, I think the very end of the book is, though it describes those three visits in quite a bit of detail. And then I've been back since then. And I was, you know, back um, for various reasons for different things. And actually, it was in my latest visit to that, not actually the latest, because, but uh, in a recent visit, um, I met a group of beings, uh, one of whom was uh, obviously from another planet. And I was telling him I was writing this book about the paradigm shift. And he leaned over and said, call it the revival. And just said that with such intensity that I changed the title of the book from the paradigm shift to the revival. So, and that's what just got uploaded last night. So it's been a, a friend of mine also has asked if I, um, or was asked by some of our people to help build the new earth. And, um, and it's done, it's ready for people. It just needs people to attain the consciousness to go there. So, well, that's perfect. That dovetails into Pat's question here. Where are you, Pat? Do you want to come online and uh, ask? Do you want to come on camera? Yeah, sure. You want to unmute yourself, honey? Uh, I'm going to add you, you to the spotlight. That, okay. That totally dovetails to what you said here, Pat. Okay, yeah. what'd you say? Well, basically, I mean, I can come up with a lot of guesses as to what is required for 5D consciousness. However, I'm curious as to what you observed. I mean, obviously, there has to be a more loving awareness of the unity of all consciousness. But what other aspects did you notice when you were there? Oh, wow. Um, actually, I was just putting notes together here. So let me let me share this, okay? Um, so this is a kind of an analysis of the various dimensions and and the mindset or the the differences between where we are and where the the next dimension, the fourth and the fifth dimensions are, okay? Um, and maybe that'll answer the question. So I'll just review in the third dimension, we live in the third dimension. Human beings are fully physical and they're pretty dense. They're dense, the energies are densely packed. Okay, they're very competitive. They're destructive. They are utilitarian. And what that means is they use whatever material is at hand, regardless of consequences. They are aggressive. Their thinking is based on the concept of winner takes all. Their communication is limited to written, recorded, or actual voice and vision kind of things. Um, third dimensional people ignore or are unaware 
of the energy basis of all things. Now, Einstein has started that shift, but there's a lot more to that than most people are aware of. Uh, people in the third dimension are very short-lived, very short-lived. Most people only live to half their potential, their life potential. They only live to be 75. Um, the concept uh, in the third dimension uh, for life is make a living. They are very individualist. It's all about the individual. The third dimension is very dark. And when you've been in other dimensions, you know exactly what that means. Um, their concept, their focus is the past. Everything is about the past. Many people, a huge majority of, of third dimensional people have a victim mentality. Um, they are unaware of other dimensions and they are confined to the planet, okay? Fourth dimension is still fully physical having babies, making love, eating dinner, stuff like that, fully physical. But they're focused, they're not competitive, they're cooperative. They are not destructive, they're corrective. So the goal is to correct the mistakes and clean up the messes. Uh, they are not utilitarian, they are what I call beginning to be generative. And that means that they create items that integrate with life in a nurturing, healthy way. Uh, they aren't aggressive at all, but they will defend themselves. They're defensive. They have weapons. They have amazing tools and technology, but only for defense. Most of it is for scientific research to get themselves further along the path. Uh, communication is telepathic. A lot of it, they still speak, but and they write and they read books, um, but they are telepathic as well. They are able to use and predict energy, use energy and predict the interactions of the energy. Uh, they're very long lived, two to five times longer than third dimensional humans. Their concept is not make a living, it's make a world. In other words, they're very focused on making or shaping the kind of world they wanna have. Uh, they are not individualist only. They're more about teams and groups, but they do honor the individual. Um, so it's individuals, teams, and groups. We have a little bit of teams and groups, but not very, not like they do in fourth dimension, <laughs> not even close. Um, they have access to light that we do not hear. And I'll maybe say something about light in a minute. Uh, their focus in terms of time is, or in terms of, yeah, time is, they're not focused on the past, they're focused on the present. They are incredibly present in the present moment. Uh, they do not have a victim mentality. What they have is personal responsibility. And that was one of the things the robes kept talking about, personal responsibility. Um, they interact with the third dimension and a little bit with the fifth, but mostly with the third. And they are not confined to the planet. They are interplanetary. So that's fourth dimension. Fifth dimension. Uh -huh. These this, people in the fifth dimension are 
less physically dense, quite a bit less. Okay. They are also very cooperative. They are also corrective instead of destructive. They are where the fourth dimension is beginning generative, fifth dimension is fully generative. Um, and that means that they create stable, healthy, beautiful environments. And, and they fill all needs with the items generated from the field of energy around them. They don't go blowing up mountains to get coal and they don't go, um, you know, creating nuclear plants to get energy and then be stuck with the rods, um, et cetera, et cetera. So they're fully generative. They just create or generate what they need. They are not only defensive, but they're transdimensional. They will just move to another dimension to avoid any kind of attack. They are also based on do no harm. They are telepathic. They're also psychokinetic, which is the ability of the individual to move things, including themselves. And they are telekinetic, which means that their technology will also move things, create things, shift things, make things appear and disappear. Uh, they are able to use and create as well as predict energy and its interactions. When I say create, uh, they don't create energy. They create the way that energy is going to move. They begin directing energy. Uh, they're very long lived and some of them are eternal. They have, uh, they have figured out the mechanisms of immortality. Their attitude is not make a living or even make a world, it's heal a world. They are integrative, meaning that they are one with all things. And I have to say, when you are around them for a while and you watch them, um, how do I say it? You watch them operate. <laughs> uh, there is this 100% expectation that everything that they look at, talk to, touch, think about, is alive and conscious and responding, and it does. Everything. They are one with the entire uh, soup. I call it the soup, the I am, the source. Um, so that's, I call that, they're integrative, one with all things. Um, they don't just have access to light, they give off light, they're luminous. So their, their, their world is almost too bright to open your eyes and look at. Um, they don't focus on the past or the present. They are way beyond time. They are what I call multidimensional. What that means is instead of waiting for something to happen, they just literally create the frequency set that is necessary to make that thing happen. When they want to see where something is going to end up, they go to the, they have the capacity personally, as well as um, with their technology to be able to move the frequency interactions ahead and see exactly where that's going, what the outcome is going to be. And they'll see maybe even several outcomes and um, that they're way beyond time. They're not limited by time at all. We have to wait for things to happen um, because, because that's just the way we are. 
not them. They're way beyond time. It's what I call multidimensional. They have a creator mentality. They're beyond personal responsibility. They are creating on purpose because I said so kind of thing. Uh, they interact with both the fourth and the sixth dimensions, and they are interstellar in their approach to life and their technology. So that's, does that give you an idea, Pat, of what? Yeah, okay. There's a, there's a, there's fine differences. I see a lot of people, I think probably a lot of you guys are among them, that are making those transition steps toward becoming fourth dimensional. Um, still, you know, really in the third dimensional world. But beginning to say, now, wait a minute here, this isn't how I want to live. <laughs> and so getting what I call sassy about what you want and um, making things happen. <laughs> sassy. <laughs> yeah. You, you sassy beast, you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that, that was perfect, Penny. That was perfect. Okay. I think we need to listen to that at least another 10 or 100 times over <laughs> to get that to sink in. We've got to re-listen to that. And Daphne posted the link, which I've posted, restreamed all over the place, to your book called uh, This is Planet Earth Book. Um, it's oh. a PDF book, right? Yeah, it's in both physics. You can get it on Amazon, um, but you can also get it from my website. It's PDF form. So, And is that where you're explaining the dimensions in that book? Um, it's where, yeah, I recount in, the, I think, the last two chapters, maybe, um, my experiences in on the New Earth, going there, finding it, getting there. <laughs> you know, the lessons I've had, I've had a few more since then that are not in the book. Um, but it's uh, it talks in some detail about what I found there. Everything from um, the first that first wow well, that first let, time when you were sitting on the roof. Yeah. We, we discussed that in in one of our sessions, and I loved that story. But okay. Brad says here, do four and five D folks eat meat? Good question, Brad. No, no, they. <laughs> A lot of them don't even eat. They just take in energy. Um, the, the food changes. In 3D, people eat, they're subject to their DNA, okay? You, if you're going to be healthy and you're going to be long-lived, you have to supply your DNA with the frequencies it needs. And meat has certain frequencies. You don't have to eat a lot. Um, some, you know, I tell people, don't tie yourself to a particular diet. Use all of the diets to accomplish what you need to accomplish to get supremely healthy. And you have to be, if you're going to eat meat, you better be pretty humble because uh, that's somebody who knows that it's being eaten. That consciousness does not go away just because that animal is cut, wrapped, and frozen in your freezer. So keep that in mind. Um, in the fourth dimension, what happens, and, and this actually, um, I knew this before I actually went visiting to see fourth dimensional people trying to observe, um, it is possible to um, inject frequencies of everything you need for perfect health, and not just everything you need, but everything you specifically need. And that gets around all of your allergies and that restores all of your, you know, 
shortcomings in terms of years of bad diet. You can put frequencies in water, you can put it in a paste, you can put it in something else. Uh, people in the fourth dimension grow food, mostly vegetarian food, in a very high frequency environment. It's amazing when you see their food. Um, and when you eat it, you know, most people here eat food and then they're like, I'm tired. <laughs> so not there. When you eat food in the fourth dimension, you feel like you have, I don't know, I'll just say, I felt like I had drank some bubbly of some sort. Bubbly just being a term that said, I felt like I was effervescent. My energy was effervescent. It was a huge, noticeable difference. Um, in, and they also not only grow food, plants um, in a very specific energy environment, but they have um, uh, what I'm gonna call supplemental things that they eat that have extra frequencies in them that, that boost the consciousness, okay? Um, in the fifth dimension, I don't, those people don't eat much at all. They will eat as a form of celebration. I can't <laughs> think of another way to say it. Like uh, they'll have, like say you were, uh, you had, your parents were living in the fifth dimension and they came to visit you for Christmas. They would bring, they would generate food for that Christmas celebration. And then they would just take in energy. They, you just breathe in energy the rest of the time. There are some in the fifth dimension who do still eat some highly energized things, but not it's not common. And on the new earth, when I went there and I was looking for something to eat, one of the people I ran into said, well, do you need to eat? And I was like, well, well, um, yeah, I'm hungry. They they do still eat in the fourth fourth dimension. So, I had yeah. um, Jazz Mahine on the show uh, a few oh. months ago. Do you know Jazz Mahine? She's yes. a breatharian. Yeah. So right. Yeah. So she's yeah. Actually... One of my friends is here in Kalamazoo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's evolved her consciousness and her body structure beyond the need to eat. And yeah. Uh, yeah, which in the third dimension, people just don't believe. So, you know, over the years, she's just had so much ridicule, like you're a liar, you're a charlatan, you're just doing it to make money, you're, it's, it's impossible, it's impossible. All the scientists yeah. come out and say, this is impossible and we're going to tell you why. So she's a liar, like she's just had. So, but, you know, she said, I didn't set out to not eat. I just set out to raise my consciousness. And the effect was I didn't need to eat. Ah, and so, yep. um, so, and so she calls it source fed. So I'm fed by yeah. source. I'm source fed. Uh, that if I want to have a cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit, you know, for the celebration of it, I can, right. and I will, right. you know, but it's not necessary. Yeah. But you know, right. what you're talking about, um, Paul says this discussion about seeds taken from crop circles. Oh, we'll get into that with Patty. Yeah. Uh, I read this book and I had Samuel on the show. So a, a, a French-born Australian guy in the 80s was taken by a group of highly evolved um, 
extraterrestrials, highly evolved civilization to their planet called Thaya Uba. And they called them, it was a nine category nine planet and they are the overseers. I think they're, they're, yeah, they're confirming they're your mates as well. Um, <laughs> didn't say that they were Palladians, but I asked the mob and they said, yeah, Palladians, but, um, and they talked about the categories and um, what mm. you're describing is actually described in that book. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Okay. And um, it didn't say that they're in the fifth dimension and it, it's kind of, odd when people talk dimensions and categories and everyone's talking about oh you know i'm talking to beings from the 18th dimension and the 100th dimension and the 56th dimension you know and there's all these yeah, right. numbers that everyone's talking about right and i said to the guides i was going to chat with the guides and they they said categories is not the same as dimensions and i said oh and then i didn't continue that conversation because i was busy but uh so when I'm hearing you talk about fifth dimensional consciousness or even fourth dimensional, it's like they're a high fourth dimensional civilization. They yeah. have complete dominion over how to regenerate their physical structure. They live for hundreds right. of years. They're nine foot tall. They have a different gravity. Uh, they can levitate at will. Um, they said they did say that that does take effort so that they have created a yes a technology. technology a technology that can levitate them that can they can travel wherever they want but it is a technology right. that they hold and press and that creates an anti-gravitic um toroidal right. field around their body it's not something that you step on it's like a it's right. an energy technology and and you know when you're talking about the way um they eat that yeah that was exactly his experience so he's a physical human being going to this planet and experiencing that yeah <laughs> exactly okay. what you're talking about it's so yeah, yeah. so yeah Paul did it, you it want to different. it is different the only I you know I I love the world that we have it's a very good world for learning it's the the experiences that I hear people talk about uh, are are really wonderful in many ways. I mean, right now we're having some difficulty, but that hasn't always been the case. That's just been the last couple of years. And what I what I hear a lot of that I wish I heard less of is people talking about um, they're never going to give up this, and they they move into the future as if it's going to be the same as what we have now and the concepts are the same and the assumptions are the same and i think are you are you have you just not realized that everything changes just even you know my grandmother and her comment when she was watching the moon landing thing the photos or video or whatever it was and and she's just standing there it's like wow okay <laughs> you know when i was born we were riding in horse and buggy i had button-up shoes and floor-length skirts um now men are walking on the moon in just 100 years she lived to be 100 and she was probably 90 at the time um and that that was only 100 years only a, what's life going to be like in another 100 years totally different totally different reason for being totally different routines and lifestyles and houses and you know relationships and technology and I just it's like 
you know, come on, come on. <laughs> We're going to the future. And we want you to go with us. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have to stop trying to recreate the past. Yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a question here on YouTube about the soul of flesh. Do we want to get into that uh, from Clever Gypsy Guy? Anyway, great name. Question Does Penny see anything about the soul of flesh between now and 2028? The soul of flesh. Yeah, the the coronal mass ejection. The um, uh, what we've oh. discussed it. What do we call it? The um, the micronova. Micronova or macronova. Yeah, the micronova. Yeah. Um, I have seen that there is a threat of that that begins in twenty twenty seven. Um, if we can get together as a planet. As one consciousness, we can impact that tremendously. One of the things that in my relationship with the elves, we have elves and um, uh, different divas and things like that on the farm here. And I've had this ongoing conversation with them for since 1990. So what is this? 2022. So that's um, 32 years. Um their approach, their attitude is one that says, come on, come on. We're waiting for you to come back to the conversation. We don't know what you need. We don't know what you want. We don't know when we're getting out of hand. We're just having a good time. We have power and we're playing with it. And so I think what we need to do, one of the things is to begin to communicate with everything, everything. And, and that includes the weather, the wind, the sun, the rain, the snow, um, just the, the air, the temperature, etc. Why aren't we communicating in such a way that they know what we need? And you're seeing all kinds of uh, manipulation happening. They have said, well, nobody else is telling us what to do. I was just floored at that. I thought, oh, wow. So back to the sun, um, if we can uh, come up with enough people, I think reaching that consciousness that says, um, hey, my friend, don't blow up on us. <laughs> Don't send out this huge pulse of energy. We want your energy, but it need, don't hurt us. Do no harm. That kind of thing. Um, that's really, I think we could impact that micronova to a tremendous degree. Would there be maybe some disruption? Yep, maybe. Would we lose the number of people that a micronova would cause? No, not even close. Um, so that's long time ago. I, when I was younger, much younger, um, I had two kids. This was long before Kundalini. And I thought the world is overpopulated. I cannot have any more children. Well, as it turned out, I happened to be a fertile Myrtle. So it, you know, two years later, I had two more children. So the result was that I was talking to um, some of my my people about the, I'm sorry, I contributed to the overpopulation of the world. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. We're trying to get your population up. 
you're going to need all of that consciousness to make something happen in your future that you're going to need to make happen. And they didn't say what, but I can't help but think that they're referring to that, the interaction between the earth and the sun. I just think we have all these people here um, and all that wonderful consciousness. Maybe some of it is not quite awake yet, but we still have a few more years and people are waking up left and right. We have a, you know, at least a 50-50 chance of being able to impact how our uh, relationship with the sun, the moon, and the other planets unfolds over the rest of our lives, over the life of the planet. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's that's such a fabulous point, Penny, that you say about uh, because everyone's talking about overpopulation, 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 and you've just made the point that the more conscious people on the planet, the more hope right. we've got in more power. Not, in not having the disasters that have been predicted because I think the robes, you know, is a warning. Right. And with many people I've had on the show, when they were younger, they were given this right. warning from angels, ETs, you know, higher civilizations right. that you're heading right. on a trajectory that if you yeah. don't get your act together consciously, we're yep. at power here to let your planet burn. And right. I think that what's happening with the micronovas, um, you know, I had Dolly, this other woman, other ET contactee on the show, and she's like, pretty sure it's going to hit and the ETs are going to pick up. Like that's her timeline. But what I'm hearing is that, you know, the sun is unstable and, and it, it's already doing it, but we're actually being protected by a technology that's beyond our understanding and will continue to be protected as long as we stay on this consciousness expanding trajectory. A trajectory. That's right. Yeah. That's and, right. and yeah, the more conscious awake people on the planet, the better. So yeah. 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 And I would also point out if if people have not listened to some of the demographer demographers uh, talking about demographics on planet Earth. We are losing population. Um, you know, the one fellow that I think is worth listening to is uh, uh, Peter Zihan, Z-E-I-H-A-N, maybe Z-I-E-H-A-N. He's um, he talks about demography and all those issues. Very interesting stuff, and he says. China doesn't have as many people as they say they do. Neither does India. Yeah. Nobody does. Everybody's inflating their numbers to pretend that they are invulnerable. And oh, he said wow. they're not there. Well, they're that's exactly there. what Samuel, so the guy that came on that talked about the Thaya Uber prophecy, you know, because okay. Michelle, Michelle DeMarquet, who was the guy who was taken, left his body in 2018, and uh-huh. Samuel's taken up the mantle, you know, and running with it, expanding the messages in this book. He's a Chinese guy living in the States. And we oh. talked about that, and it's exactly what he said a couple of weeks ago. He, there is oh. not one and a half billion Chinese, there's under a billion, you know, the Chinese government inflate it to make them look powerful. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and when you look at how they count, um, it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, that, um, that's not very reliable. Let me uh, look at the questions because there's a couple of questions here. Paul, Paul, you want to come on, hon, and, and ask her a question? Where are you? You want to come on camera? Hi, sure. Hi. Uh, hi, hi, Penny. 
Um, I was just curious if you would be willing to share your perspective on the Schumann resonance and if you think there are things that we can learn from it, like the patterns in it or some people even see kind of images in it. Yeah, I don't pay a huge amount of attention to that just enough to kind of keep one eye on the frequency that we are uh, being exposed to that go, it does go up and down. Some of them are really intense um, and the body does respond. Your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, a lot of your immune system responds to all the changing of that frequency. But the main thing, you know, I, it's interesting that people see all kinds of stuff in it. I've heard a few of those and thought, oh, wow, that's, that's kind of interesting. But in terms of science, I like science. Um, the, the thing that that says to me is that when a planet is going to, planet and sun are going to have a change in their relationship, it shows up in the frequencies. And the fact that those Schumann frequencies are up as high as they are now, either we were not very good at measuring before and they haven't changed at all, or things are changing pretty dramatically and we will be continued to be subjected to these little pulses that help us make that, uh, what would I call it, make this, the change to a higher frequency being a little more easily. So that's just how I see it. I can't say much more because I don't really follow it. So the only thing that I really follow are the guys that are tracking the poles, the movement of the poles. Um, wow, that does, you know, that does concern me. <laughs> so that's actually a question I've got on YouTube. But Paul, you said also there's something about the seeds in the crop circles. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a question about that, but I just mentioned that it was, uh, I found it really fascinating, the discussion about how the seeds taken from the crop circles were really resilient. Wow. Um, and it, just curious, actually, Amazing. if you um, if you had any more information about how you think that's being caused. Uh, um, yeah, well, it's, it's caused, um, I don't know if I said it like this, but just kind of briefly, when those seeds are hit with a um, with crop circle energies. The crop circle energy is a is a, vo a vortex, a rotating vortex of six or seven different kinds of energies. Um, some of them are microwaves, some of them are electrical, some of them are uh, magnetic, some are heat, thermal gradient. There's all kinds of energies circulating, and if there's a lot of microwave energy in that vortex, those seeds uh, can get hit pretty hard. So the seed is a living system. It's alive. And what it does when it gets hit with the tremendous burst of electro, you know, and microwave energy is transform itself. It shuts down. It will not germinate for about six weeks because it's busy not only detoxing all of the waste products that it is suffering from this massive, you know, electrical hit, it's like kind of being electrocuted by them. You know, the seeds are electrocuted sort of. Um, and they are redoing their entire energy system so that when they are done with that whole process, man, they're ready for anything. 
you know, drought, cold, heat, too wet, molds, mildew, bacteria, not enough germ in the actual seed. They'll, they'll tough it out and, and grow. It's amazing. And then they produce uh, huge increases in crop with a much better taste. And, um, and some of that crop is 70% uh, more in terms of the actual output of the crop to 400% more. So that's wow. a lot. <clears throat> wow. Related yeah. to the, uh, related to what you said about the different dimensions or densities, I, mm -hmm. I wonder if, you know, the intense energy that it's being bombarded with kind of allows it to tap into higher, uh, yeah. higher realms. Or... It does. And you, you bring up a good point. Um, every single Human, plant, animal, seed, every single system, energy system, is always looking for more energy. Always. Why? Because every single system knows that if it can get enough of a boost in energy to reorganize itself at a higher level, then it's going to do that. So we here in the third dimension, we end up stealing you know, or clobbering one another to take energy away from others. It doesn't work. Uh, we don't end up getting the benefit of that reorganization that has to occur. But plants, animals, um, like Kundalini, that's what Kundalini does. It gives the entire system enough energy to completely reorganize in a, a, a flash in a few seconds. Um, it's, a, it's a rough transition afterwards because all your chemistry is different all of your electrics are different uh, everything is different it's your consciousness oh my um but you function at a higher level then and that's what the seed does that's what people who get hit by uh, lightning experience they reorganize they at a higher level they're almost always psychic healers all kinds of stuff that they see and know and can do. So we are energy hungry. And, and that when a plant, a seed can reorganize at a higher level, what, and this is some work, I, I forget, I think it's in Jamaica that this was actually uh, documented. Um, they, what they saw was that the plants who were hybrids were returning to their original, like 10,000 years ago forms of plant. They took on an entirely new persona, an entirely new function, an entirely new way of presenting their leaves and the structure of their leaves and their fruits. So it was like a transformation right there, just from having access to that boost in energy. Wow. So. Yeah, wow. it is. It's pretty amazing. We're learning a lot. Um, Dr. Levengood used to say, we don't need to be experimenting on humans. Plants will teach us everything we need to know. And I think he was right. Plants will teach us everything we need to know. Uh-huh. Wow. Thanks, Paul. Did you have any other questions? Thanks. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. No, um, so there was a question on YouTube from Eminem. Can Penny discuss the pole shift and what she's seeing now? Thanks. Oh, okay. Um, so we're moving right toward that, that pole shift. 
we don't know how that's going to go. What usually happens, what the science says happens. Now, I don't know if this is true, okay? The science says the poles flip and then they flip right back. Well, we have evidence that they don't. So other scientists will say, well, the poles, uh, they start moving around, they start breaking up. So I think right now we have two or three North Poles actually functioning and two or three, maybe two South Poles that are functioning. And what happens is um, they attract one another. Right now, the two major attractors are uh, coming out of the North Pole and, and headed down through uh, Siberia and uh, and that North Pole is about to meet the South Pole and the, is it the Indian Ocean. I think it's the South West Indian Ocean, something like that. Other people have said, no, it's gonna be off the coast of South America. When two poles meet, they don't merge. They dance around one another, they spin. And then for whatever reason, at some point in time, and we don't know enough to know why, but they split and they, they go off in two different directions. So the North Pole goes one direction, the South Pole goes another. If that happens to be, uh, the North Pole goes over to Ecuador, say, and the South Pole goes over to what's on the other side of the planet from Ecuador, um, let's say uh, China something like that, or Japan, or whatever. Um, I don't think that's correct geographically, but whatever's on the other side of the planet, that would be the new North and South Pole. The planet would um, tip. We would have a whole new climate situation, um, et cetera, et cetera. We'd be forced to move to those locations that are reasonable weather. And, and that's as much as we can say at this point about how they interact. What we do know is that um, typically when the poles get below the 40th dimension, 40th um, latitude, I think it's latitude, um, they don't go back up. They end up going the rest of the distance toward whatever their opposite pole is, dancing around, and I think right now the pole the, the poles are moving at such a rate that the uh, they are predicted to meet either off the coast of South America or off the coast of India, between India and, and Africa, in April of 2023. We have no idea what will happen at that point. They might just hit, bounce, spin a little, and go back where they were. They might hit and trade positions, in which case the planet would begin to spin the other direction. We'll see what happens. You know, could get messy. But we, we're at a point now where we just, I, th I think the, I'll say this, I probably shouldn't say this. Uh, we have not been, the population has not been notified or let in on any conversations that science, scientists, politicians, cabal people, um, or anybody else might be having with uh, ETs who are knowledgeable. Um, ETs make it their business to study planetary systems, star systems, 
solar systems and what happens in those systems. And they have millions of years of data about what goes on. We don't, the population, we're in the dark. <laughs> we don't know. I'm hoping that somebody's talking to those people who have access to that ancient data. I know that that data is available in a few places. I don't know if they're ever going to share that with us. Mm. So, mm. yeah, the history is a mystery. The history is a mystery. Well, yeah. we've gone out there today, Penny. We've kind of gone the the galactic perspective, the Earth perspective. Yeah. We've been the sort of. Uh, I want to bring it just before we go. I want to bring it back to the personal perspective. So you and I have discussed many times your Kundalini awakening and how um, um, intense that was for you and uh, expansive and explosive. And, you know, everyone has a different experience with Kundalini. And I have people, friends here in Sydney now who are doing um, a new sort of healing or experience thing called CAP which is Kundalini activation process. And what they're doing is they're getting groups of people together and they're activating people's Kundalini deliberately, like in a kind of a group setting. And yeah, so coming back to the personal and who we are as humans evolving, do you want to talk a little bit? And Lisa has a question here too, uh, exactly dovetailing. Lisa, did you want to come on camera? I don't know where she is. Where is she? Lisa, Lisa. Go ahead, Lisa. I'm mute. Yeah, do you want to come on camera, Han? You're talking, you're talking, but we can't hear you. You got to unmute. Okay, I hear you. There. Whoop, do it again. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Penny. How are you? Hi, Karen. Hi. Hi I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, my question was um, in regards to um, twin flames. Um, Kundalini awakening and the vol in the new earth. I'm getting lots of messages around this. <laughs> okay, well, you're probably not going to like what I have to say. <laughs> so, um, if Kundalini, if you meet somebody who is a spark for your energy system, you will think you have met your twin yes. flame. And the, mm -hmm. the love, the intensity of the love, the sexual experiences are off the charts. And, and then once that kundalini is awakened, you, that person usually leaves. Yeah. I have never in 40 years had an instance where the person who triggered the kundalini stayed with the person who was awakened. The yeah. heart gets broken. Mm -hmm. A heart gets broken open. The reason the heart gets broken open is to teach you that that intense love that you're trying to pin on that individual is to be shared with everybody. And you can't try to make that just be a one-on-one -on -one thing with you and the great love that you think you found. Um, and so it's, uh, it's problematic. Um, yeah years involved um you know there's all kinds of of um, sorrow and, and the once you turn on kundalini full blast 
you will experience love like you have never loved before. Wow. It's unconditional. The, the person doesn't have to do anything. I mean, I, there's some stories I could tell you that you can make your hair stand up. <laughs> so just know that the person who awakens the twin flames, typically one of two things is going to happen. Um, they're going to part and never see one another again. Or if they do manage to stay together, the relationship becomes absolutely asexual. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, and one of, once somebody is awake, the other person can't keep up with the growth, with the intuition, with the knowing, with the skills, the abilities, the changes in perception and worldview and um, how you see and, and think the world should be and how you want to live. And so that's problematic right there. Um, you know, the person who woke you up, turned you on, um, disappears and leaves you turned on. And that's, um, that's just, I mean, it's an amazing gift. But you talk about intense and real Kundalini, when Kundalini really happens, it typically is going to scare the daylights out of you because it is something that cannot be controlled. And that is, it's, um, I can't count the number of people who have, um, that I've ended up with in my office or, you know, working with long distance and they are absolutely terrified or on the edge of suicide because their entire body mind system is completely out of control mm. and they can't make themselves think anything or not think they can't make themselves do or not do. They are totally at the mercy of this energy. And it is frightening. I will say that I, my own self took a long time to be able to get comfortable with the way that I was. I wasn't happy about those changes for 17 years. And then when I realized it's this is the way it is, actually, I had gotten a message saying, Quit trying to go back to your idea of a normal person. You are a normal person. This is what the norm should be. All the rest of those people are just have are suffering from arrested development. <laughs> and at that point, I thought, oh, okay. Arrested development. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love I don't it. Well, to say that because well, it's kind of an insult, but you, you say you know, it's, it, it's frightening. I, and I want to correct a little bit and say it can be but because a lot of people don't have the explosive as you did that's true and yeah. um i didn't and uh yeah. i don't know if i have all the abilities that you have but i've got a lot of them and mm -hmm. i didn't have any of that sort of explosive i did have some you know like and i intentionally set out to expand mm -hmm. myself and um, when good. i and when I expanded myself to beyond the beyond, then I had to like bring it back. And Don and I, I think we discussed that on the last yeah. show. And because the crazy sort of telepathy and empathy was just out of control and like going yeah. out into public was crazy. And, and I then know. you got to rein it in and you got to focus <laughs> it and you got to direct it and you got to raise your vibe and clean up your thoughts. And right. there's, there's, yeah, there's a whole yeah. lot. Did she but, say that or did I just know that? <laughs> You know, whoops, I thought but, you told me that. And, and then the kids are coming in already activated, you know, like so they don't even have yeah. to have kundalini awakenings. They're already yeah. 
a different human, right? They're different. So, yeah, yeah, everyone's at different stages. And, uh, yeah. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. The kundalini that, um, you know, in terms of twin flames, um, what happens when you wake up? Kundalini wakes you up and makes you super aware of everything. Now, what I tell people is you will never fall in love again. Right, right. You will be forced to choose because you're too aware. Falling in love implies, oh, he's (laughs) wonderful or she's this or that, whatever. And you're swept away. Once you're awake and aware, you will never be swept away again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a wonderful uh, thing, but it's, it doesn't lead to great romance. Yeah, the, but, but the great romance is the one in the mirror, right? That's the great romance, and that's well, what there you have it. Actually, right, that's uh, the romance. It's between you and you, and you and your higher self, and you and your broader perspective. And you know, Michael Tamora right. said something. I've had him on the show eight times, but the thing that resonates of all the things he said was. I asked him about older women looking for love because I, I know so many older women that are looking for their soulmate, right? And he said, well, I'm like a younger woman who's looking to make babies and all that sort of thing. It's a different intention, you know. Yeah, um, right. And what they yeah. don't understand is they're actually seeking a love that's already within them. They're seeking to express love and they're right. seeking it in the partner instead of just expressing it in the world. And yeah. so... You just got to stop looking for that love in the partner and just express the love that you are as you're yeah. doing, right? You express it in your yeah. work, in your art, with your family, with your children. In, That's right. In, in everything, you just express that love that you're looking for. Stop seeking it and start living it. Yeah. 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 A lot of people need a partner because they can't pay their bills or they need <laughs> help. You know, I wish... I had somebody who was six feet tall all the time because I can't reach anything without dragging this stupid little stool everywhere I go. Um, you know, things like that are muscles. You know, I so love men and their muscles. Oh my gosh. You know, I'm a, a wimp. I used to be a lot stronger, but I, now that I'm older, I'm really turning into a wimp. And so women want things that are practical and they, you know, they want somebody to talk to and share with and bounce ideas off of. And all that is legitimate, but that's all out there in every single person exactly. that you run into. Exactly. So I love people. I'm in love with the planet yeah. and the planet's people. And it's, that is, it's a passion that I can't even explain. So... Well, this is the last question. Um, Sherry, do you want to come on and ask your question and then we'll let you go? Penny, oh, you've just, it's been so delightful to catch up with you. Oh, my God. I could talk <laughs> yeah. to you for another 50 hours. Where's Sherry? Uh, where are right you, darling? Here, here you go are. Ahead, Sherry. <laughs> Hi, Penny. Really good to see you. Um, I was listening to your last look-see and I know you were really kind of disheartened with how <laughs> I guess people, the inaction maybe of people or that type of thing. And just wondering what one main thing you could think of we could all do to for a more positive change. That's a really good question. Great question. I have since that look-see come to this other perspective. Um, and the other perspective is one that says... Um, 
or I, I should say I've evolved my perspective a little bit. I think we're doing what we need to be doing, which is nothing. The powers that be are doing their damnedest to try to get us to react, to explode, to take them down, to destroy this, to do blah, 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 so that they can bring in their new world order. And we're all sitting there like a bunch of bumps on a log. And I think appropriately so. So where oh, I was like, come on, you guys, come on, nobody. What I started looking for is, okay, what are we doing? And that's what led to me, what I said earlier today, which is, well, there's this group working on the new economy and there's that group working on networking. There's this group working on new medical stuff. This group is doing new educational stuff. This is, you know, we're doing the um, justice and, and um, ethical stuff, governance. Um, th th all these groups are doing different things. Somebody's talking about building communities for like-minded people. It's starting to come together. And so why should we accommodate mm. the, the fools that um, think they're manipulating us? Um, yeah, people are angry. They're frustrated, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But maybe that is just what we need to be doing. And the other perspective that I got recently was um, uh, a kind. It was just an off the wall, off the offhand comment from somebody saying, "Can you see that the FBI is trying to get Trump reelected?" And my initial reaction was, "What? What? You know, et cetera." But once I started to think about that. They've made key moves at just the wrong moment or just the right moment that are that utilize the the bad boys to make them look like idiots and that benefit Trump. And they have done that a couple different times. And I thought they aren't stupid. So and they know that there's a tremendous amount of danger in speaking up, standing up, you know, pushing back against the powers that because they just, you know, the cabal just kills anybody who gets in their way. Um, and so they are doing something that when they raided Trump's home and everybody was, oh, that's terrible. It really helped Trump. They also announced that uh, they opened the Clinton way back before Trump was elected. They opened the Clinton investigation right before Trump was elected. And there's, you know, Trump is working, et cetera, et cetera. And there's things I don't like about Trump, but there's, I'm not into the, the, the personalities thing. I'm looking at what are people doing and where's the whole thing going. Um, and what I see is that there's another level of game being played here that I didn't see before. And that was a huge surprise. So now I'm watching think, and thinking, okay, let's just see, are there any other signals that say, yeah, we're, we're going along with you, but we're going to undermine where we can. And, um, and they're doing that in a way that doesn't get anybody killed. So we'll see what happens. So, okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Sherry. Yeah. Thanks, everyone.
Oh, honey, it's been such a delight catching up with you. Honestly, it's just been so beautiful. I, I just want to tell you what Don said here. Loving Penny. I feel like the Grinch that had my heart grow five times its size. Its size. <laughs> <laughs> she is so Thank amazing. You, <laughs> so, um. Don, do you want to come on camera and say hi to Penny? No, no. He's, so <laughs> he's just been on my show anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I I understand. If it's somebody else's show, I'd be shy too. It's like, no, 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 that's about them, not me. Loving Don. Such an, and Diane (laughs) sending love, lots of love. Uh, Thanks so much. And lots of love coming from all the comments on um, uh, YouTube and Facebook. Loving every moment. Thank you so much. Loving you. Love, 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 love. Ah, lots of love. Well, we're generating lots of love today. That's what we need. Oh my gosh, that is what the the entire world needs. The world um, needs love. That's yeah. yeah. That's what we, we do. can do. I, I mean, that question right at the beginning. You know, what can we do? Um, yeah, that's what we can do. We can express that love that we're all looking for in the partner. Yeah, instead of looking right. for love in or looking for fulfillment or yep. you know, security in the money and the job in the partner, instead of looking for it outside yourself express what's inside you because it's all there right it's all within us everything we think we want we already have yeah in the form of vibrational essence yeah just expressing more love kim thank you so much diane thank you thank you pat absolutely it's been great thank you so much penny deborah penny you are so humble and wonderful i love you (laughs) i I love you Oh my, it's been a rough road. You know, you get your edges sanded off along the way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, a bit of sanding. Thanks again. Thanks, Daphne, uh, for helping out today and and being online. Uh, Yeah, it's been beautiful. I'm going to say goodbye to everybody live streaming now and stop the live stream. Okay. And uh, we'll just have a bit of a chat with the group. Stop the live streaming. Thank you all again for joining us on the live stream. Big love. Thank you. you. Gosh. Okay. Okay, I've stopped the live stream and I'm going to go to gallery view. Who's left? Ah, because I haven't, because I've been um, uh, administering. I haven't been able to see all your beautiful faces. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for joining (laughs) us. You have. You've been watching everyone, right? You've been seeing. Yeah, everyone. I like to. I I I like people. I like to see, you know, who's there, who's talking, who's not, who's hiding. You know, it's like okay, all right, I see you in there. <laughs> so. So thanks, Eris is saying. What did you say here, Eris? This level of love can't see, but thanks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Living out of a van there. Um, okay. And there's Sarah and Wendy and Dummy. Hi. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And and thank you again, Penny. I forgot to spruik. Oh, God, I'm I'm such a bad salesperson. I forgot to spruik websites and all that sort of thing. Anyway. Uh, You know, people want to look me. I'm not a very good salesman either. I'm terrible. You know. If you just Google, just my daughter the other day came to visit. She says, oh, my gosh, I happened to put your name in Google and up came all these pages. And I said, just never mind that. I'm still your mom. (laughs) Yeah. 
I have to say, having been on the internet for years, 20 odd years, 21, you know, for a while. Yeah. You put my yeah. name in Google and I, yeah, up I come to a whole bunch. Yeah. Um, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, but yeah. I always forget to sort of sell books and sell courses and sell websites. And I always forget that anyway. Yeah, that's have okay. Got, have you got anything well, running that you want to tell the people online about? Anything running? Yeah, courses. Mean? Well, we know that you've got books. Oh, oh gosh, we'll be here for a long time. <laughs> uh, okay, so just go to the website and check it out on the Yeah, on the go website. to the website. Um, I've got classes. I'm on Patreon. Um, I love those Patreon people. They are really wonderful. Um, and so we're launching the Cocoa platform. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, there's all kinds of stuff happening. Um, and would you be interested in chatting to Sheila Seppi's groups? Coming on, um, I think she's booked out to the end of the year, but uh, she showcases a new old teacher, as I say, twice a, a week. Uh, would oh, you be interested? Oh, wow. in, I'll introduce you to Sheila. And have you connected okay. with um, Foster Gamble and the Thrive Network? Have you chatted with them? Yeah, I know Foster. Yeah, we've had, a, I don't know if he'll remember me. We've had a couple of chats, but it's been a while. Um, and I, I like him. He's a good guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, Sheila, back to Sheila. Mm -hmm, back I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, you, go ahead, give her my name and info, but I'm a little busy right now. So, yeah, she's uh, pretty flat chat too. It'll probably be next year at this stage, I think. She's okay. Out. That would work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would work. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. That'd be nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've got. We've got plans for next year for conferences and a whole lot of things. I yeah. think I, I invited you onto the Galactic Goddesses roundtable, didn't I? I think you were busy. You couldn't come on. Yeah. I, yeah. The last three or four years have just been flat out. Flat out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next. Okay, next. Okay, next. So, what so. Are those plasma courses that you got up, are you, are you still offering those, the plasma courses? The plasma course I have folded into intuition too. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think it's so important for people to understand the nature of reality from the science point of view. Mm -hmm. And that course is now part of intuition too. I don't know if it's still out there. I think we took it off of Vimeo, mm -hmm. um, closed down Vimeo. And I don't think it's anywhere else, but um, I do talk about plasma quite a bit and mm -hmm. that's I think it's an essential piece of the new paradigm, the new science paradigm. Yeah, what which was a, was a question I was meaning to ask you and I forgot, you know, there were lots of questions I didn't get around to asking you, but you've been, you've looked at the Keshe Foundation, right? The Keshe yeah. work. Yeah. Right. You know, like there's a group, there's a couple here in Queensland that are making plasma products and I'm buying them like face creams yeah. and, and water, d d yep. you know, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, I broke my yeah. little... I had a sort of, it's a rod with this fluid in it, right, that you're supposed to put in your water. I'm not sure what it does. I just went ahead and bought all this stuff. And then I smashed it. And this is white liquid inside and it's supposed to be plasma. What, what is it exactly, the plasma in there, this white liquid? Okay. Well, it, it, okay. So back up a step. What is plasma? Plasma is an assortment of fields. Electric currents and their associated electromagnetic uh, field. Uh, whenever you have a current moving in a direction, let's say here's your electric current, 
at right angles to that, you will have a magnetic field. And that magnetic field then develops these filaments. It kind of separates a little bit. And, and particles collect along those filaments. And that is what a plasma is. A plasma, a plasma is actually an assortment of frequencies, these currents, and their associated fields. And every single one of us is made of plasma. We are an assortment, huge assortment of um, plasma. And, um, and the heart has its own set of, of frequencies that all work together and that communicate with the rest. Uh, it's an amazing, we are amazing beings. Um, so when you have water, let's go to water, the water is just water or the milk is just milk or the, the cream or white liquid is just cream or white liquid, but it will contain a whole assortment or a set of currents, uh, frequencies. Frequencies don't go like this. They go like this, they spiral. And, and that whole thing then um, really is the plasma. Water is a bunch of frequencies and fields. And that is, is the plasma. Now, if that comes into contact with something, let's say you put uh, a grain of salt in that water, changes the entire structure of everything, or sugar, or uh, whatever, dust. Um, so let's say you have water in one area, one corner of the lab, and you bring in some water from elsewhere within 24 hours, the, the liquid in both of those, the water in both of those um, two things is gonna be in perfect harmony with one another. They communicate telepathically. Um, and so the more powerful water in those little tubes, that's what's in these, this is called a huggy or a hug. There's a little tube in there that you can maybe see outlined. Mm -hmm. um, that is more, has more powerful energy and it causes the water in the jar or the cup or the beaker to, um, to take on the same frequency arrangement. Ah, I see. I get you. Okay. So, so you can high powered water. Yeah. So you can put it in, you know, I'm buying their face cream. I quite like it. I don't know if it's making yeah. any difference, but you can put it in. What else do they sell? Yeah. As I said, it's a couple in Queensland making these products, but they're attributing it, the technology to the Keshe Foundation. Okay. Yeah. Technology. And he's created a spaceship. Have you seen that? He's created a spaceship. No, I haven't seen that really. You should see what he's doing. I had this Indian guy reach out to me recently who works for the foundation wow. said, I'm going to check that out. Check this out. And um, then they said, do you want to put Mr. Keshe on your show? And I said, yeah. Anyway, we haven't organized that yet. But yeah, he, uh -huh. it's a bit like a med bed technology when you get in it. It kind of, anyway, it's, wow. anyway, he's he's doing some crazy things. He's doing some okay. wild things. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. Ke Mr. Keshe is an a, a Indian billionaire who has been developing technology for years and, and yeah. he's coming out with some really amazing stuff. So um, his story is astounding. Actually, people have warned me away. Oh, his stuff doesn't work. I'm like, no, his stuff works just fine. Right. The thing that people don't understand is that the things that he is putting together respond to consciousness. Right. And when you're a jerk, 
nothing works. <laughs> you're a jerk. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to rhyme that, but I guess it did. <laughs> you're a jerk. Nothing works. Put that on a yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> there you go, Brad. Put that on your t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're a jerk, yeah. nothing works. Yeah. Right. And what well, did you just what? Oh, what's that? What was the name that you just mentioned? You said this guy, not everybody's in, ready for it. You, what was the name again? Mr. Keshe. Ke- oh, wait, you are talking about Keshe also. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking about, yeah. What's his first name? Yeah. Anyway, I'll post the Aaron. link. M-E-H-R-A-N. Oh, okay, right. Mm-hmm. Just like Tehran, his Maran. Maran, oh, okay, yeah. Maran oh. Tabakali Kesh. There you go. <laughs> yeah, have you spoke? you connected with him? Um, not in the physical. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe yeah. you should be. Maybe I should introduce you. Get you guys yeah. connected. Yeah. I because want to translate or write his books. He's got three books. Well, do you want me to introduce you to him then? Uh, well, yeah, that'd be nice. I started writing his book one uh, uh, on matter and light in English <laughs> that you can understand whoever translated that from he's he's actually Iranian um oh. but they oh. didn't they they didn't speak very they don't understand the use of prepositions mm-hmm. and so it's really hard to understand I understand the science so as I was reading it was like oh my god this is written this needs to be rewritten so that it's easy to understand so I wrote to him this couple of years ago and said, uh, excuse me, would you be interested in a better translation or a better version of your English book? I And, and, and I didn't hear back from him and I didn't okay. think I would because he's a busy boy. He is. He is busy. Yeah. But as I said, this younger Indian guy reached out to me and he just sends me all these links all the time. And, oh, wow. and, and then he said, do you want to put Mr. Kesh on your show? And um, so he okay. would. Uh, so he would have probably more access to him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. I would be interested in, in getting his books into the hands of people for lay people. Right. So, right. Yeah. There you go. There's those, there's that plasma stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, let, let me let you go. Let's let everyone go. Okay. Well, let me thank everybody for coming, for being part of this. Thank you. Thank you, Kim, Pat, Diane. Deborah, Deborah, Thank you Penny. know you, Deborah, Deborah Purcell. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know you, Aaron, Aris. Everyone feels students. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Don, Sherry, Sherry, I know. Paul, that's Barbara. Barbara's iPhone. Hi, Barbara's iPhone. <laughs> You're still with us, Bob. Well, good on you, darling. Okay. All yeah, right. and Wendy, there's Daphne, and Anne, and Sarah. So thank you, everybody. Mm-hmm. So appreciate it, and you too, Karen. My oh, gosh. Thank, thank you. you for doing what you do. Well, thank you. Yeah. Where oh. the world is in good hands. The world is in good hands. Yeah. I, I think so. I hope so. Yeah. So yeah. We're I think we are very good people. So, yeah. <laughs> we are very good people. Okay. Thank okay. you. Big good all night right. to everyone. Bye-bye. And okay. Are you gonna dump us or should I have yeah. leave? No, you can leave and I'll dump you as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All Bye, right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.